Welcome to the Defender Bible Study, a weekly encouragement to equip the body of Christ through the study of Scripture and prayer to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children around the world. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, where we believe that defending the fatherless begins by being rooted in God's Word. Good morning. It is Monday, July 31st, and this is Blake Wilson, Lifeline Senior Vice President of Operations. And today we're going to continue our study in 2 Timothy chapter 2. We are moving right along. We finished 1 Timothy a couple weeks ago. Now we're in 2 Timothy chapter 2. Today we're going to focus on verses 14 through 26. And I think this passage is just super practical for us as Christ followers. There's a lot of very solid reminders in here for us as believers and Much of this, again, is the modeling of what we're seeing of a mentor and a mentee of Paul encouraging Timothy as a young leader leading this church um, and just coaching him on things that he's going to experience. Simple reminders to him to stay on the right track and to keep the flock that he is leading on the right path. And it starts off really quickly in verse 14. I'm reading through the NIV this morning is, is the version I'm using. But the second word, it says remind. It says keep reminding. And, and I think how quickly do we forget so many things about God's promises, um, about his instruction and about the things that we are called to do as believers. And we need to be reminded. And Paul is reminding Timothy as a leader of these things. He says, keep reminding God's people of these things. We have to have somebody in our lives reminding us about the goodness of God, about what God has called us to do. And and he is in this passage telling him, remind the people you're leading about this. Don't get caught up in quarreling in what it, what his terminology is, godless chatter. Um, so let's not get caught up in these nuances. Let's stay the straight and narrow. Let's stay focused on what God has, God has called us to do. So verse 14 says, keep reminding God's people of these things. Warn them before God against quarreling about words. It is of no value and it only ruins those who listen. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of God. Avoid godless chatter because those who indulge in it become more and more ungodly. In these first three verses, you see Paul reminding Timothy of just avoiding quarrels, not getting caught up in godless chatter about things that just don't matter. The words, his words were those words that have no value. I think we've all been around people that just are talking just to talk. You're hoping, you know, internally that they just get to the point. Like, just tell me what you're trying to get to. Um, you know, just just a lot of a lot of words. You know, in my in my home, we have a posting on our wall um, with the acronym THINK. And it stands for, are the, you know, you're thinking about the words that are coming out of your mouth. So before you speak. Are the words true? Are the words helpful? Are they inspiring, necessary, and kind? T-H-I-N-K. And I think that is such a simple reminder for for all of us, but even for for children as they, you know, begin to grow um, and just learn 
are the words coming out of their mouth true? Are they going to helpful? Or are they hurtful? Are they inspiring? Or are they tearing someone down? Are they necessary? Are they just talking to talk? And and lastly, are they kind words? And and I, you know that may seem seem silly or juvenile, but I think it is such a good reminder for us to think about the words that we're saying. Are the words divisive or are they encouraging? And and I think even within the church, from the beginning of time, this has been a problem. This is just a problem with humanity. It's not even a necessarily um, a problem just within the local church. Quarreling. Um, just excessive talk. Paul is reminding Timothy just to avoid these things. Don't get caught up in it. Avoid the godless chatter and stay focused on what God has called you to do as a leader. He continues in verse 17, talking about these, um, these teachings. He says, these teachings will spread like gangrene. And he calls two people out. He says, among them are Hymenaeus and Phileteus who have departed from the truth. They say, that the resurrection has already taken place and they destroyed the faith of some. Nevertheless, God's solid foundation stands firm. It is sealed with this inscription. The Lord knows those who are his and everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from wickedness. These teachings that he's referring to um, were specifically about the resurrection you know, these, these teachers were, in his words, departing from the truth, and they were saying that the resurrection had already taken place. They were saying that it was an only a, a, a spiritual resurrection. There wasn't a physical resurrection. They were misconstruing the gospel. They had morphed the gospel into what they thought was correct instead of looking at it from the biblical context of what was really going to happen. So it was very, very dangerous. And because of this, they had destroyed the faith of some. They, some of these new believers um, were led or were rather misled um, with what what the true resurrection was and what the true gospel was. But Paul reminds Timothy that nevertheless, regardless of what happened, we know that God's solid foundation still stands firm. So don't lose hope, even though there are false teachers and there is godless chatter and there are things that are happening among this church and this this uh, community, don't don't lose hope. And I think we need that encouragement as believers. We see the um, the negative things happening around us. We can see that on social media, or we can see that on the news, just in general in the world we live in. It's so easy for us to get sidetracked and say, "Man, this how are we going to overcome this?" You know, there's these false teachers. People are misconstruing the word of God. What do we do? We have to be encouraged, just as Paul encouraged Timothy in verse 19. God's solid foundation stands firm. The Lord knows those who are his. We have to have faith and trust that the Lord is sovereign and that he is in control. He even reminds him again in verse 20 and 21. He says, in a large house, there are articles not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are for special purposes and some are for common use. Those who cleanse himself from the latter will be instruments of special purpose, made holy, useful to the master, and prepared to do a good work. He's encouraging them. He's, you know, he's using this illustration of, of household goods, you know, but ultimately saying we, we are set aside for a special purpose. God has called us to a special plan um, to, to further the gospel to the ends of the earth. We are set apart to do that good work. We don't need to settle. We need to be 
poignant. We need to be focused on what the Lord has called us to do so that he can use us and that he can call us for a special purpose. Let's not get caught up in, um, caught up in the things that we've, we feel are, um, the hills we need to die on, but let's, let's focus on what God has called us to do and not get sidetracked. He continues in verse 22 and 24 through 24 of more practical application. And I think, again, this is just little segments in this passage of scripture where he continues to call and encourage Timothy of just practical things over and over again, which I, this is why I love this passage. He says, flee the evil desires of your youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments because you know they produce quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but must be kind to everyone, able to teach and not resentful. Flee from the evil desires of your youth. Timothy was a young man, and I think Paul knew this. He knew that those temptations were there, but he's encouraging him to pursue what God had called him to do. The calling that God had placed upon young Timothy's life. Don't get sidetracked. Don't get discouraged. Flee from those desires, but pursue faith and love and peace because the Lord has called you to do this. You know, I've, I've been looking at the life of Joseph recently and, you know, how the Lord, the Lord's hand was upon him through the midst of um, uncertainty, of things that just didn't make sense. And one of those situations you know, even after he was rescued from slavery and and was leading the estate of Potiphar, Potiphar's wife began to pursue Joseph. And we see in um, in that passage that he f- he fleed, he ran um, when uh, Potiphar's wife was was pursuing him. He removed himself from from that situation. He ran, and I think you know when we look at the. Verse 22, we see him fleeing. We see the words of Paul encouraging Timothy to flee from those evil desires. You know, like I'm brought back to the life of Joseph of him physically removing himself from that situation um, because he knew that it could lead to his detriment. He wanted to focus. Joseph wanted to focus on what God had called him to do. He wanted to pursue faith, love and peace. And I think it's so important for us to when we when we face situations like that just to completely remove our ourselves from the situations you know running away could often be viewed as something cowardly um but in the end it's so wise just to completely remove yourself phys- even physically remove yourself from a situation um that can be endangering so so thinking through what um what Joseph did and and Paul's words of how he encouraged Timothy to do this and to pursue these things. Um, and then again, going back to the theme of this passage, don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments. They only produce quarrels. Like think before you enter into these conversations. It's so easy to get passionate about, uh, about things that really don't matter. Things that may be personal to us, but in the grand scheme of things, um, is this bringing glory and honor to God? Is this something that, you know, is this a true doctrinal issue? Is this something that we truly need to debate and argue? Um, and, and focusing on those things, not those unnecessary arguments, you know, demonstrating 
the love of Christ, the model of Christ, of how he was patient and he was kind. He displayed love with everybody that he interacted with, but yet he was very firm and direct um, when it came to those doctrines and when it came to following the word of the Lord and what it meant to be his Christ follower. So finding the finding that balance is so key to us as believers and specifically even leaders as they are leading other congregations or leading organizations of people um, of not getting caught up in those arguments, but focusing on what the Lord has called, called them to do. He closes out this passage in verse um, 25 and 26, and he says, opponents must be gently instructed in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of truth, and that they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. And I love, again, just how this is modeled after the life of Christ in these words in verse 25. He says, these opponents must be gently instructed. You know, isn't it easy to get into a debate with somebody who has a disagreement um, with the way that you view things? And it's so easy just to get um, get heated, to get passionate, to get direct. But the word here was to gently instruct them. These opponents must be gently instructed. I think as as Christ followers, again, we have to model what Paul said in verse 23, you know, we, we have to model faith and love and peace out of a pure heart. And when we face these, these situations or we approach conflict, we, we cannot be quarrelsome. We cannot encourage, um, you know, uh, a, a debate, um, or, or passionate, become passionate about something that at the end of the day, isn't really an issue at all. We have to approach it in a Christ-like way. We have to be gentle. We have to be patient. We have to be courteous. And But at the end of the day, we have to stay true. We have to explain the truth. It's grace filled with love, but but being truthful um, in what the Lord has called us to do. So we have to gently instruct that opposition um, and lead them back to, to the Lord, um, lead them back and encourage them to find repentance and redemption through Christ and help them understand that it is only Christ that can bring them that love and that peace and restoration that they are seeking. Because he even says that, that, that they will come to their, their senses. Um, you know, and I think that it's up to us as believers to, to help point out those blind spots. I need people in my life to point out blind spots to me. Um, we can be, we, we need to receive that. And we also need to be that for other people, um, that they can find restoration through the hope of the gospel. So this is a, such a practical application, um, second Timothy two, 14 through 26, that encourage us to use and to think through as we step into this week, the conversations that we enter into, keep these things in mind, be reminded as we started off at the beginning of this passage of what um, the Lord has called us to do and how he has asked us to enter into these conversations, to keep our head and our eyes upon what he has called us to do and not misconstrue the word, but to stand firm in what he has called us to do um, and pointing others to his gospel. So today we're going to close out our time in prayer, um, praying specifically today for um, what the Lord is doing through our child sponsorship program. Um, so we're just so excited to see 
just opportunities to connect with some of these children um, and partnership organizations all across the globe um, and to know that we have the chance um, to share the gospel with these children who may never hear it um, and, and be able to connect um, believers here in the United States with the opportunity to um, connect, support these efforts that are happening through child sponsorship so that these kids can get everything from um, the physical needs uh, that they they need to the educational um, tools that they need as well. Um, But most importantly, those spiritual um, aspects and exposure to the gospel and intentional discipleship. So I want to close at our time today praying for um, praying for those kids. She doesn't want to learn more um, about child sponsorship. I encourage you guys to visit our website at lifelinechild.org to learn more about how you can become a child sponsor and support some of these efforts that we have around the world. So let's close out our time in prayer today. God, thank you so much for this time. God, we thank you for this word and this practical application that we see in second Timothy. And God, we pray that we're able to look at, um, the words that we've studied, we pray that we're able to just apply them to our hearts and be reminded as we started out this passage of what it means to be a believer, what it means to focus on what you have called us to do. So God, help us to not get caught up in these useless arguments or godless chatter as we have read today, but focus on what you have called us to do. Lord, I pray specifically as we close for our child sponsorship program, um, God, for what you're doing and how you have brought this thing to bear and this project for a lifeline to participate in. God, I thank you for those monthly sponsors that we currently have that are giving um, giving of their resources, financial resources to make this program happen. Um, God, we are so grateful for um, their commitment. We've, we're grateful for the past few years of the growth that we've seen, but God, also for... Um, the awareness that you have given us to the hundreds of kids that are still um, remaining in some of these programs that we're finding sponsors for. So God, I'm grateful for the fruit of this program. I'm grateful for the exposure to the gospel that these kids have already had. And Lord, I pray that this um, program grows, Lord, that you just put it upon the hearts of other people to step into this space and to partner with us as we support these kids globally. God, I pray that your gospel goes forward um, and that we are able to equip our partners there on the ground to be able to effectively articulate the hope and redemption of of your love. Um, and, And may that be exposed to these children as we serve them day to day. So, Father, we love you. Be with us this week. Remind us of these words. And we ask these things in your name. Amen. Thanks again for joining us for the Defender Bible Study. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Defender Bible Study to make it easier for more people to find. For more resources and information on how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, please visit us at lifelinechild.org. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. We look forward to seeing you again next week for the Defender Bible Study.